Small business owners, welcome to this episode of the Freedom Focus Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a proven hiring process that separates the wheat from the chaff when it comes to finding great employees. We're going to be talking first about how to make the most of your first impression with each person who considers applying for your job and working for your organization. Next, we're going to talk about a number of simple ways to winnow down your list of job applicants before you ever conduct an interview. Along the way, we're going to line out three of the important policies we follow when going through the hiring process that are critical to the success of that process. Let's get started. Last week, I published an article on my blog that noted how difficult it is for employers to find employees in the current job market. Since writing that article, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released data showing that a record 4.4 million Americans quit their jobs in September, breaking the previous record set one month earlier of 4.3 million. To be clear, these aren't people that were let go. We're talking about people who quit their jobs and just walked away. The fact that this is happening in the middle of one of the tightest labor markets we've ever seen is astounding. As of October, there were over 10 million jobs available, while at the same time, over 7.4 million people were unemployed. These current conditions are encouraging employers to lower their hiring standards to ensure that they have enough people to do all the work that needs to be done. However, even in this environment, it's essential that employers rely on a proven process to effectively winnow out the chaff in search of the desired wheat that is a good employee, one who will be a right fit for your team, aligned with your core values, engaged, and energized to help you achieve a bigger, better future for your organization. In the hiring process I teach to small business owners in my Dream Team Builder course, we begin by creating a well thought out job posting that includes essential elements for both attracting people to your organization and at the same time, discouraging the wrong people from ever applying. The first time most employees will learn about a company is when they see a job ad. So the ad has to create a great first impression. It needs to catch the job seekers attention. It needs to draw them to your position and organization when they're scrolling through the long list of jobs that are available. I recommend that you go to the job app that you're going to be using to advertise your position, perhaps Indeed, LinkedIn, or Jobbing.com, and scan through the ads to see what are others saying, and also to see exactly what job applicants are going to see. Is it just the job title? Is it the job title and maybe a few lines of text? Whatever applicants will see, you need to make sure that you make the most of that text or else they won't bother to look any closer. But once you've attracted applicants to look closer at your position, it's important that you also share your vision for the future of the organization in such a way that they get excited about being a part of your organization. They can see how the position that they're applying for fits into the larger picture and they're much more likely to want to be a part of your team. You've got to create that interest. According to the 2017 Gallup report, State of the American Workplace, quote, employees feel frustrated when managers fail to help them connect their role to the bigger picture. The modern workforce wants a job that feels meaningful. When employees have this sense of purpose, their engagement soars, end quote. So be sure that you heed the warning by sharing your vision for the future with your future employees. 
I teach small business owners how to clarify their vision. And I'm going to share a link to in the show notes for a podcast and an article that I wrote about this topic if it's something that you're interested in learning more about. Now that you've worked so hard to attract as many people as possible to your job posting, the next thing you want to do is reduce the number of people who actually apply for the position. So this may sound counterintuitive, but it's essential that you do this. Too many businesses waste time considering people that they really shouldn't be. Let's consider some some simple ways to narrow down the list, starting with what you include in the job posting. In a previous podcast, I shared with you how to discover, quote unquote, your core values for your organization. In other words, what you stand for and what you believe in. Your job posting is one of the most important places to share your core values, acting as a filter to attract those who they resonate with, but repel those who they they do not resonate with. In my last podcast, I talked about how to use pre-employment quizzes to gather valuable information about job applicants, but also to filter out those who are not willing to take 10 to 15 minutes to complete the quizzes and return the results to you. This brings us to the first important policy for implementation that we follow for every job applicant. No quiz results, no interview, no exceptions. For every applicant who we're interested in interviewing, we send an email with a link to take the quizzes. Not everyone's going to take the time, thereby self-selecting themselves out of the running for the job. I'm going to include in the show notes links for the podcast and articles for the core values and also the pre-employment quizzes just in case you miss those. The next filter we include in the job ad is a clear statement that any person offered a job must first pass a background check. And as you can imagine, anyone with a pass to hide will think twice about applying for our position. However, I don't want you to think that I'm opposed to hiring people with a cloudy past because I'm not. Over the course of my entrepreneurial career, I've hired two people with criminal records or past criminal records. One came clean in the interview and told us all about what happened and what he had done since leaving prison to be uh, put his life back on solid footing. That's before I even was doing background checks. So I got lucky that time when he confessed. Otherwise, I would have probably had him come on and not known anything about that past. The second person I hired was after I had already made background checks a standard part of my hiring process. So she knew very well that there would be a background check, but she applied anyway. At the end of the first interview, she told us what we were going to find in the background check. Then she explained her circumstances. Now, we did a bit more thorough job on the reference checks for her. And at the end of the day, being the best applicant, I was comfortable going ahead and hiring her. The last thing we include in the job application to winnow out applicants is not really that special, but it demonstrates a skill that every employer requires. What is that? Following directions. Like most job postings, we ask for a resume and a cover letter, and we also request that the applicants clarify how they meet the minimum requirements that we've listed for the job. Most of the time, we're going to get standard resumes and canned cover letters, and often just a resume. And rarely do either or or both specifically pertain to the position that we've asked them to cover. But when someone does do customizations and tailor the cover letter and the resume to our position, it's always impressive and it makes the applicant really look good, certainly in my eyes. 
The second thing we do to test applicants' ability to follow directions comes with the request to complete the pre-employment quizzes. Because the process for sending results is a little bit tricky, we provide very clear directions and even an example on how to send us the quiz results when they're, once they're completed. More than half, in fact, much more than half of the applicants, they just get it flat wrong. In fact, getting it wrong happens so often that when I get someone who actually does it right, it really surprises me in a positive way and definitely gives that applicant a leg up. So that's all that a simple, well-crafted job posting can do for you. First, attracting job seekers to your position, then helping you to winnow out those who really shouldn't be somebody that you're spending time on. Now let's look at what we do with those that have made it through your initial screening. The second important policy we follow is that every job applicant who invests their time to complete and return the quiz results has earned and deserves, in my opinion, an interview. But prior to starting the interviews, you need to make sure that you do a few preparations going into the interviews. For each applicant, be sure to read at least the summary of their 16 personality quiz results. And also consider who else that you know that has that same personality. This information allows you to actually know the person that you're interviewing much better than you otherwise would without the 16 personalities and also the predictable success leadership style information. As noted in the podcast about discovering your core values, prior to starting the interview process, you're also going to need to create two to three questions for each of your core values so that you can determine if each applicant is in alignment with your core values. So an example of uh, asking a question that gets at the core value would be, for example, if you've got a core value that is honesty and integrity. You're not going to ask a question of an applicant, do you have honesty and integrity? Because they're going to say, uh, of course they do. Um, they're not going to say no, that's for sure. So what we need to do is we need to craft a question that gets at honesty and integrity. So I usually give this example. Ask an employee if they've ever been in a situation where maybe a supervisor or their manager asked them to do something that wasn't quite honest or maybe unethical and ask them, have you ever been in a situation like that? Now, most people are going to say that, yes, they've been in a situation like that. And so that you ask them as a follow-up question, so what did you do about it? And if you get a response that is like this, well, I just kind of went with it. I mean, it was my supervisor, right? So I'm not going to go against that person. Uh, that's probably not the person that you want because they're not exhibiting honesty and integrity, certainly the way that I would want that to be exhibited. So you can see that the question got at that. On the other hand, if the person were to respond and say, you know what, I really wasn't comfortable with what I was being asked to do. And so uh, I actually went to the owner of the company or I just, or maybe they said, uh, I just flat didn't go along with it. That's the person that you want to bring on your team because they've exhibited that core value, I think, much more, much better. And again, you can't ask the direct question about honesty and integrity, but you can see in that example how you get around getting at that core value with asking some questions. And remember, you need to have two to three of those questions for each core value. And in a little bit, we're going to talk about how you use uh, the additional questions. The final policy we have in our interview process is that we never hire someone without doing a second interview. So there are several important reasons why we do this. The first one being an opportunity to create greater buy-in and inclusiveness for your team in the hiring process. 
So we recommend that the first interview always include more than one person so that at the very least there can be more than one set of eyes and ears making observations about each of the applicants. But we also recommend that there not be more than two in the first interview. Most importantly, so you don't, so you don't use more valuable time for your team than is really necessary to narrow that list of applicants down to just a select few. But for the second interview, we recommend the opposite approach. You should include three or four members of your team, with only one from the first interview being in both the first and the second. And this is either going to be the owner or the hiring manager. So including more people creates the buy-in from your team when the final candidate is selected. And you're going to have lower chances of the members of your team feeling resentment that a person was basically thrust on them from on high, um, but instead those folks all have a say. More people in the second interviews also puts additional pressure on the job applicants so you can see how do they hold up in more challenging situations with more people asking questions. An important additional benefit of the second interview is simply to verify that the same person that you met in the first interview is the person who shows up in the second interview. And of course, what we're really talking about is consistency. Consistency in mannerisms, responses, attitude, and similar things. Lastly, in the second interview, you have one final bite of the apple on the core values when you ask, one more time, a situational question about each core value to determine if the candidate is aligned with your company's culture, your beliefs, and what you stand for. This time, be sure that the core value questions are spread around so that everyone that's participating can get involved. At the conclusion of the second interview, if an applicant looks like they may be extended an offer, perhaps it's your first and your second choice candidates, have them sign an authorization for a background check so you can complete the check before making your final offer. As I've already admitted, I didn't always do background checks as on new hires. And in at least one instance that I've already shared with you, that may have come back to haunt me. But now I know better. Background checks are too inexpensive and easy to do to risk not doing it as a part of your hiring process. Uh, one word of caution though, not all background checks are created equal. Make sure that the background check that you do for your job applicants is Fair Credit Reporting Act, or FICRA for short, compliant, so that all the legal requirements to protect job applicants' rights are followed. Don't fall for the cheapest background check you can find on the internet. It's almost certainly not going to be FICRA compliant. Just do a search for FICRA compliant background checks on the internet, and you're going to find the right kind of check for you. And then, by the way, the price for the FICRA checks are around 30 to 40 bucks, which is cheap insurance and peace of mind for a proper background check. So you may have been saying to yourself that the process we've discussed today is too time consuming or perhaps just too complicated. The only thing that makes my hiring process more time consuming is the second interview. Now, if you're already doing more than one interview, then my process actually takes exactly the same amount of time. As for being too complicated, if you've been flying by the seat of your pants doing interviews in a loosey-goosey manner, then any structured process, mine included, is going to seem complicated. But don't forget, the objective is to hire employees who are a right fit for your team, aligned with your core values, engaged, and energized to help you achieve a bigger, better future for your organization. Anything less puts you at serious risk 
of having to let that new hire go or they decide to leave voluntarily not long after they've started. And that's going to cost you anywhere from five dollars to $15,000 to restart the hiring, onboarding, training process all over again. So lastly, don't forget the three most important policies we follow when going through the hiring process. Number one, no quiz results, no interview. Number two, every applicant who completes and returns the quiz results gets an interview. And then finally, number three, never hire someone without doing a second interview. Follow these policies and you'll be on the path to successfully hiring a real dream team of employees for your organization. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. I look forward to being back with you again in two weeks. Until then, stay focused on your freedom.